Welcome back to Financial Therapy. It's not just about the money. I'm personal financial planner, columnist, and financial therapist, Rick Kaler. Research tells us that 90% of all financial decisions are made emotionally, not logically. For nearly four decades, I've been helping people make better money decisions. So what makes my financial worldview different from most financial experts? I blend the nuts and bolts of financial advice with the emotions that drive making them. Good money decisions are not just about the money. So let's get started with today's episode. Welcome to another edition. And what's on my mind today is the idea of transparency. I think this is something that most of us would agree is um, a pretty desired quality or characteristic in person to have, company to have, for governments to have. It's uh, something that we actually hear about quite a bit in the political arena. Being transparent is uh, really touted quite a bit, promised. I mean, how many political candidates have you heard say that they're going to be the most transparent office holder ever? (laughs) And how many times do they actually deliver just the opposite? So I, I think it, it's kind of a given. But I think that the delivery is extremely difficult. I'm kind of thinking the same about listening. To, to say I'm going to listen to you or I actually listen to people. I mean, it's kind of like a no-brainer, of course. Um, I want to listen. Of course, I know I, quote, should be a good listener. But the actual doing of listening, I have found in my life, uh, gaining that skill is incredibly difficult because I first have to learn how to listen to myself at a really deep level before I can really listen to another person at a really deep level. So I think listening is really on a continuum, say one to ten, much the same that the idea of a trauma is on a continuum of 1 to 10. And um, transparency could be on a continuum. I'm really sure about that. But my point is that saying we are transparent or I'm going to be transparent or we embrace transparency is much different from delivering it. I think it's much the same as vulnerability. Um, Brené Brown makes vulnerability sounds so uh, attractive, so awesome. I mean, when you get done listening to Brene Brown talk about vulnerability, you can be, I know I am, just charged like, yes, I am going to be vulnerable. This is so cool. Until it, it, it comes down to being vulnerable, which vulnerability in and of itself has a potential, a lot of difficult emotions, I should say, associated with it. Uh, Why aren't we just vulnerable? Well, because there's often a huge amount of shame attached to being vulnerable. If vulnerable wasn't without, oh, some trepidation or some shame associated with it, concern of how am I going to uh, to look, or how is this going to hurt me, then I don't think it'd be vulnerability. 
And that's probably a whole nother topic because I've had people tell me with uh, my writings, especially the first book I did, Conscious Finance, wow, how can you be so vulnerable? I could never be that vulnerable. And for me, didn't seem to be that vulnerable. So I don't know. Maybe vulnerability is on a, a continuum for a person who's vulnerable to one person. Is not vulnerability to another person. I kind of went down a rabbit hole there. <laughs> but like I said, this is never scripted, right? If this isn't recording, I have to do it again. Uh, all this will be lost because I probably, I probably don't go down the same rabbit hole twice. So the point is transparency is uh, very attractive, just like vulnerability. And it's kind of a no-brainer. I mean, ask somebody, is your company transparent? No, not at all. We don't embrace transparency. Our political candidate, uh, what do you think about transparency? Uh, I think it's overrated. Transparent. <laughs> and the same with a person, right? No, I'm not going to promise to be transparent. Although, promising to not be transparent is probably transparent in and of itself. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm I'm starting to feel like a dog chasing its tail here. But it's just very popular to tout transparency. And sometimes I think the more it's touted, the more it's emphasized. We will be transparent. I am transparent. I'm going to be the most transparent candidate. That maybe. Um, Shakespeare's famous line from Hamlet, the lady doth protest too much, methinks, is a fitting warning. So um, I think uh, transparency is really probably demonstrated. Uh, you can say you're anything, right? You can say you're going to be transparent and honest, and trustworthy, and all these things. And the proof, as somebody once said, is in the pudding. The proof is in the behaviors. The proof is in the action. So as I was <clears throat> contemplating this topic, I kind of stumbled along the fact that transparency isn't the same as honesty. And see what you think about this. I think uh, transparency is telling somebody what actually is, what uh, you're actually thinking or what you might say if there were no fear of consequences. So it's really being based in reality and not being afraid to make that. I like to think that we're transparent. And one of the things that we will do is sometimes there's uh, something called a trading error in uh, doing financial planning and, and investment advice where you buy or you sell the wrong thing. And one of our touchstones is when there's a trading error is that we let the client know immediately that an error has been made. In many, many cases, we can fix the error or it's so small the client would never know. But transparency involves communicating what is. What is reality? And again, we could probably get into something like that and argue uh, continuums. And is there a need? Is there a level of transparency that's too much? And I think in some cases, maybe. <laughs> I'm thinking like TMI type of stuff. <laughs> that maybe there are some limits on transparency that's useful or needed. 
that's another rabbit hole. But I think that's the, the real key is it's telling another person what it actually is if there'd be no fear of consequence, because I think the fear of consequence can keep us from being transparency. transparent. And, and transparency can expose dishonesty, right? I can be transparent with the fact that I was dishonest. So obviously transparency is not honesty in itself. Honesty, I think, is sharing with another something that you believe is true. And of course, it's the emphasis there is on your perception of what is true. But if you don't share something, that doesn't necessarily mean you're dishonest. If I share one thing, which in and of itself is true, but I don't share something that might be related, and of course we see this all the time, well, of course I told you this, I didn't tell you that, but that didn't mean I was dishonest, or maybe I didn't tell you that because you didn't ask, but it's not, you can be honest without being completely transparent. So that's why I think they're a little different. And when we talk about trust, I think transparency and honesty are both necessary ingredients in establishing trust. That's my take today on transparency. Uh, We like to think our company is transparent. And I know there are times uh, and that's not just transparent with clients. That's transparent with each other. What's going on with me? We'll have um, check-ins where we um, will say, here's what's going on with me, just as a way to focus our, to, to name what's distracting us and focus on what's important. And we also have a saying in uh, my firm that we don't leave our personal problems, at realizing that that's kind of... Um, Oh, magical thinking, you know, that all of a sudden we're going to turn off everything that's happening in my life when I go to work. It's far better to be more congruent and acknowledge that things are not going well for me physically, emotionally, financially, whatever it is. And it loses a lot of its power when I can voice that to a colleague as to what's going on today. But there's been times, my whole point of that is to say there's been times I wished we weren't so transparent. Like, whose idea was it to be so transparent? Can't we just pretend (laughs) that we all like each other? (laughs) So so that's why I say that uh, transparency, like vulnerability, sounds really good. Yeah, but... Man alive, if it was easy, then everybody'd be doing it, right? And not just talking about it. So when it comes to your money, when it comes to finances, I think most of us would agree that honesty, transparency, and trust are critical ingredients to creating financial well-being and critical ingredients to trusting someone to... um, advise us or manage our wealth. I mean, can you imagine a scenario where you give somebody your life savings, your entire net worth to manage and consult and advise on, and you don't trust them? I suppose it happens. And I suppose it might happen at a real gut level where a person has this niggling thought 
kind of a gut reaction that, wow, something's not right here. I don't know that I trust this person, but they're, they're saying all the right things. And it happens every minute of every day that people give their money to people that are not trustworthy. However, their perception almost always is in that moment that they hand over the keys to their wealth, uh, that they are trustworthy or they wouldn't be doing that. So I think the, the point here is that the perception of trust, the perception of honesty and transparency that we can project on another person that's promising us the same, no matter how convincing they are, isn't a guarantee that that's what I'm going to receive. When it comes to financial therapy, I mean, trust is just so paramount, right? We're not going to make any progress on our financial issues unless there's a huge container of trust and safety. And typically, the container for this is typically set up pretty good because the compensation model for a financial therapist, I want to say always, I'm, I'll, there's probably some case where that wouldn't be, but I feel very strongly that the compensation model should be fee-for-service. That And typically that's an hourly fee or a monthly fee or a project of some type. Like every dollar uh, needs to be communicated and there needs to be no conflict of interest. So I think it's anathema to do financial therapy with someone who's going to receive some type of commission on some type of decision that they help you make. That is um, really repulsive. And it's the reason that the Financial Therapy Association requires that their certified financial therapist at this moment, level one, going, they're going to drop the level one. It'll be just certified financial therapists, I believe. You've got to be fee only, right? So I think this issue is much easier to expect and to encounter in financial therapy with a financial therapist, certainly a certified financial therapist. But when it comes to financial planners, I shouldn't say not just financial therapists, but therapists in general, right? Definitely a licensed therapist. But when it comes to the financial side, the financial planning, it's quite a different scenario because you have all sorts of different compensations. Fee-only, fee-for-service financial planners are definitely in the minority, but they have a really high bar to meet when it comes to transparency in disclosing their fees. And some of this is regulated by the SEC. If somebody calls themselves a fee-only financial planner and they are registered with the SEC, and certainly if they are a certified financial planner, that's not a term that they can use lightly. Now, I suppose anybody could call themselves a fee-only financial planner, have under five clients, not be registered with the SEC, and it'd be a complete lie. So, like a lot of things, you just can't completely depend on that. But in most cases, there's a high level of inherent transparency with a financial planner that just charges for their time 
whether it's based on a project, hourly, a percent of uh, net worth, um, it's all very disclosed in dollars and cents. There's just no place to hide. They don't collect commissions. They don't collect kickbacks. And full disclosure, I have to say that I'm biased because this is the, the type of company that I own. But I think that biasness is uh, with good reason. Then you have the fee-based financial planner that earns both fees and commissions. So the term fee-based is coined very specifically by fee and commission salespeople to sound as close to fee only as possible. Perhaps not being transparent. The term in itself isn't transparent. While they need to disclose the fact they receive commissions, there's no way for the consumer to know how much those commissions are going to be without asking a lot of very specific questions. And uh, rarely is the amount of the commission disclosed prior to or after the sale. And uh, kind of troubling to me, I know fee-based advisors, being commission advisors, who routinely tell prospects they will do financial planning for 25 to 50% of the fee charged by a fee-only planner. We can do that for you so much more inexpensively. Now, is this dishonest? Is this a dishonest statement? Is this a lie? No, it's true. Their fee for financial planning can be less, much less than a fee-only financial planner. So the statement's true. It's not dishonest. But is the statement transparent? Suggest not. What is not told to the prospect is the amount of their compensation that comes from commissions on the products that they're going to sell to the client. And the only way the consumer can know is asking the advisor to, to disclose in writing, not verbally, in writing, the amount of their company's gross income that comes from fees and what part comes from commissions. Now, it's pretty easy to do, but it's kind of like a person I was at a conference and I was the only person wearing a mask. Then there was an outbreak of COVID and there's a few masks that popped up all of a sudden. (laughs) And one one person said, well, geez, I I just resisted wearing my mask because I didn't want to be rude. And I get it. I get it. That's not a judgment. It's, it's to underscore the fact that oftentimes we don't ask these probing questions that are so important to our financial well-being because we don't want to be rude. I get it. Uh, I don't want to be rude either. I don't want to have somebody upset or think I don't trust them, right? So uh, this is a sticky wicket. I recently uh, did have a financial advisor, they're they're salespeople. Usually if they're fee and commission, they're more salespeople than not. Usually, not in every case, but usually. They won't call themselves salespeople. That also purported that by receiving commissions on the sale of products, they can use superior investment products not available to fee-only advisors. So actually by accepting commissions, we can do you a way better job, make you more money than someone who's fee-only that can't use these products. Now, I thought that was a very clever spin. The statement was neither honest nor transparent, but it sure sounds good 
to an unsuspecting consumer. In a national study done by Bob Verry's Insiders Forum in 2017, he found that the average fee-based advisor, that's fee and commission advisor, the client of one, paid over 50% more for their services, even though they thought they were paying less. So even though they're only paying 25% or 50% of the fee, the advisor fee, they paid many times that in the total amount of commissions, most of which they never saw, they never really knew uh, were being charged. They kind of knew it, but there, there's rarely anything saying, and this was the commission. So it's kind of heartbreaking that consumers routinely entrust their life savings to people who are not transparent or honest. You just can't rely on verbal promises when it comes to trusting somebody with your money. And, and underlying all of this is the fear of rejection, fear of, quote, hurting someone's feelings because we want to be accepted. So uh, what I want to leave you with is just like buying a used car. You've got to look under the hood and do a detailed evaluation of what you're being sold. And when dealing with a fee and commission person, this means doing some limited homework, asking some probing questions, and getting things in writing. It's a really critical issue to completely understand how an advisor is being compensated and how much. And why is this important financial therapy? Well, in financial therapy, quite often, you're going to need help on the financial side of things that will exceed what is normal in financial therapy. You will sometimes need financial planning, just as you could also exceed uh, emotionally what a financial therapist can deliver, and you may need to uh, engage a licensed therapist. So this is important. Is the fee the most important thing? How they're compensated? No. Competency, experience, education, specialization are all important. And yet, if the planner isn't being transparent and honest in what they're charging you and how they're going to make their money, does it matter how competent and experienced they are? So the bottom line of knowing when you need to do a lot of looking under the hood is if the planner says they accept commissions on anything. It's a red flag and you're going to need to question everything and get answers in dollars and cents and in writing. And also, just because something's called a fee doesn't mean it's a fee. There's a lot of gray by uh, calling things fees like wrap fees, which are actually commissions. I hope this has been helpful. And again, I uh, appreciate all the uh, information feedback you give me and the topics that you give me. So take care and talk with you again next week. Thanks for joining me, Rick Kaler, for another episode of Financial Therapy. It's not just about the money. This is where I combine the nuts and bolts of financial advice with the emotions that drive making them. Remember, every financial behavior, whether it appears illogical to you or others, makes perfect sense when we understand the underlying beliefs, feelings, and thoughts. Sign up for my weekly blog at financialawakenings.com. I hope you'll join me again for our next episode.